Golf ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Turn our attention to uh, Camogie. We're joined on the line by Brian Dowling, who has just recently departed as the Kilkenny Senior Camogie Manager. Morning, Brian. How are things? Morning, lads. How are you doing? Keeping well. Thanks, many for hopping on. Um, this was was a tough decision, I'd imagine, after five years. Yeah, it was a tough decision. Um, I suppose I kind of decided to start the year that I'd give it one more one more year and whatever happened, won or lost, that i step away. But um, look, I suppose it was still a very tough decision there to, to fully confirm it on, on Tuesday. It wasn't easy and it's been, a, it's been a strange week since, to be honest. When you look at the honours you've had as a manager, like so many titles, so much silverware, so many happy days to look back on. I'm sure there's disappointment after the, the one-point defeat to court last weekend, but um, a lot of really, really happy days with this Kilkenny side. Yeah, there's a lot of happy days, but I suppose this week has been, you know, I'm probably thinking about the days that you, you left behind and the, the matches that we lost and stuff like that. And obviously, it's still very raw that, we, you know, after losing the other in quarterfinal by a point on Sunday. So that's probably what's hurting the most at the moment. But um, look, I suppose in time, we'll look back and, you know, we were there as management group for four years and won two All-Ireland. So I suppose you offered me that and I went in, I would, would definitely took it. So look, we, we have huge um, memories there and memories that will we'll live for, for the rest of our lives. Brian, I know I spoke to you after the game and you told me about the story of coming in in the first place, that it wasn't really on your mind to come in and you said no initially and then you decided no, actually, and you, you rang Anne back and said, I'll come in. Yeah, I suppose Anne caught me on the hop. Um, she asked me to come involved as a, as a coach in 2019 and you know I think the phone call lasted about 45 seconds. I said no to Anne. Just wasn't on my radar. I didn't know anything about Camogie, to be honest. Um, but I'd watched the games and you know I'd seen the girls losing the finals in in 17 and 18 and I don't know something was just telling me that I had to give it a go and, and I rang on back and thankfully it was the, the option was still there and I went in 2019 and unfortunately didn't get over the line that year you know we lost three other Ireland finals in a row um, I suppose I'll never forget going back to the, the Red Cow Hotel that, that evening and you know everyone was just crying parents, players it was like these will never get over the line here and then Anne was after stepping away that day as well so look the opportunity came then to, to take it on as manager and I suppose you know, I couldn't walk away at that stage and, you know, I just decided to go back in as manager and thankfully things worked out well in, in 2020 then. Yeah, you said you didn't know much about Camogie, so that was the first time managing a women's team. What was that like? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I was never involved before. I was after doing a, a lot of underage coaching in my own club and in school teams and stuff like that and I had been with Thomastown Intermediate Hurling Team. So, look, it was completely different and I think it takes you a bit of time to adjust Um you know, it's, it's it's different type type of management, different uh, way of dealing with players and stuff like that. But look, I have to say, I've, I've absolutely loved it. Um, I've lived the dream the last five years being involved with this group. They're they're really special. Um, the effort that they put in um, has just been unbelievable. And you know, thankfully, they got the rewards because they didn't get them in in seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. And you know, I suppose it was looking um, like they were never going to get there. And it was just when that final whistle went in twenty twenty, I suppose everything was worthwhile and it was just huge relief. That must have been such a strange one, Brian, as well. That was the COVID All-Ireland in 2020 and nothing was was as per normal. Like You must think back and it, it almost must feel like a dream, the whole thing, because it was it was strange, but, but what an achievement at the same time. Yeah, it was really surreal. Um, but looking back, I, I probably think it was it was a good thing for us that, you know, the, the final was really low-key. Um, you know, we always go to DCU there in Drumcondra and I remember driving down, you know, we were kind of, we were going to get a guard escort, but we did, we actually we did get a guard escort, and I don't know why, because there was absolutely nobody on the streets. Um, 
the only person we saw walking in um, was Anne Downey. She was waving at the bus like a lunatic. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was it was just so weird. And we went out on the pitch for a walk around. And, you know, I, I remember saying to the players, that, like, you know, what's to be nervous about here? This is like playing a challenge match at home. There's nobody at it. You know, it was really weird. You could hear every sound in Crow Park that evening. And I just think it took the pressure off us because there was huge pressure on that final. Um, I think, I don't know where this team would have ended up. Um, I think it could have been the end of a lot of players if we lost that final. To lose four All-Irelands in a row. I just don't see how we could have come back from it. It just, um, I think it would have been too much. So, just it was, it was a strange one. I know obviously we didn't want COVID at the time, and it was strange with training. You know, you're watching yourself all the time. You know, you're dreading every phone call from the doctor. Where are you going to be having players pulling out and stuff like that? But luckily, we got over the line, and it was brilliant. You must have been thinking, Brian, she's this management crack is handy. You know, debut <laughs> season, All Ireland, O'Duffy Cup in hand. Like, not a bad start. No, it wasn't a bad start, but I definitely didn't think it was handy. Um, <laughs> You know, look, again, we, we played well in the final against Galway, but, you know, Galway are, are a super team. We'd have great battles with them over the, the last um, number of years. And, no, it was just, I said, it was just more relief. That final was all about relief and just, just getting the job done and getting over the line, you know. And, look, it was probably an anti-climax afterward. We, we had to leave the cup in Crow Park that night. Um, we had a couple of drinks that, eat that, that, that day on the way back from the bus that night. I think we got back to Kenya about three o'clock in the morning. And then the next day, I remember just meeting up the management group for something to eat and about three or four pints, and that was it. Um, that was the end of the celebrations because of COVID. So it was a it was a really strange one. Um, but look, I said we have we have great memories as well. Just on your your management team and the background team, tell us a little bit about them. Like there's a lot of All Ireland medals in there. You have Tommy Shefflin as well as in there, Henry's brother. So you you have a really strong background team. Yeah, look, she's a long have you got. I always say to the lads that, you know, the girls are easy to manage. It's the management team is, is my tough work. Um, no, look, I was absolutely blessed to get such experience. I was a relatively young manager going into an inter-county job. So the one thing I wanted was to get plenty of experience around me. And, you know, Ray Chandler was with me in 2019. So he, he you know, he delighted that Ray stayed on with us as well. And then got Tommy in as the main coach. And look, Tommy's a huge experience in Kilkenny. He's been with Ballyhale. He's been in Carrick Shock. And his record speaks for itself. You know, he's great energy, great drive, and he's absolutely fantastic coach. And, you know, got Pat, Pat O'Neill and, and Philly Larkin, who both played for Kilkenny um, as well. Pat would have came in late in 2020, but, and uh, Philly came in straight away as well. So, you know, there's huge experience, and then Seamus Kelly came on board this year. So, look, I had a brilliant backroom team. Um, you know, I was the, the youngest of the backroom team, which is strange for, for a manager, but it was great to have that experience. And I suppose it kind of took the pressure off me in a way that I knew that, you know, I had that experience beside me, and that, that helped a lot for me. I know you've been saying as well, Brian, that you've been thinking about walking away the last maybe year or two, but uh, the homecoming you got after the, the All-Ireland last year maybe convinced you to stay on? Yeah, I suppose look, last year, you know, I, I don't know, in sports, kind of want to, to walk away when at the, at the highest moment. and you know, But I suppose, you know, I just couldn't walk away last year. I just felt it was too good. Um, you know, so I mentioned a few times the homecoming was really special. The crowd that we had out that night um, on that Monday evening was was unbelievable, and just felt the support from the Kenny people was great. So you know, I just I just probably changed my mind and decided to go back. And look, I'm delighted I went back. I know we didn't win the All Ireland this year, but um, I think if I didn't go back last year, I'd have regrets the rest of my life wondering, you know, would we have done it again? And I suppose look back to back was always there. It hasn't been done in Kilkenny in since 1991. So. But unfortunately, look, we didn't do it this year, and that's disappointing. But look, in time, I know that we'll we'll think of the, the good memories. Yeah, I know you said that you had reservations about taking the job. Do you feel that you've got more out of it than you ever thought you would? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Got so much out of it. Um, you know, I'm gonna really miss it. Uh, just even going training, and you know, just just connecting with the players. We had a great bond between management and players, and. 
look, that's probably one of the main reasons as well that kind of step away now is things are things are good. You know, even though we we didn't win, but you know, still a special bond with the players. And I think the longer you stay there, I suppose maybe things start to to, to drift away and stuff like that, and maybe relationships are getting broken down. So. Look, I want to kind of leave maybe when things are positive and, you know, and hopefully leave the Kenny Camogie in a good place. It's, um, I guess it's emotional leaving a job like this, Brian, because it's not just the, the results or whatever, but it's the relationship you have with the players, like the the dressing room moments. As Ashin said, it was your first time taking a Camogie team, but I'm sure you've built up a rapport with uh, with, with the girls in this team that, that you'll never forget. No, look, it was extremely tough. Um, I, I probably wasn't going to do it this week. I just woke up Tuesday morning and it was in my head and I decided I was going to go. So I probably said, you know, why put it off any longer? But I think I spent about 45 minutes, had the WhatsApp message written out for group and I, I couldn't press send. I knew once that was sent, that was it. There was no going back. And look, you're getting uh, messages from the girls there during the week. Um, and it's really nice to, to get them, but it's hard to read them at times as well because you just know it's 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 all over now and stuff like that. So look, I, I think it's the right decision um, to move on. I said, I, I probably didn't think I was going to be here for, for five years. It's a long part of anybody's life but look I, I don't regret anything um, I have great memories for life um, my family have great memories as well so I'm um, just very grateful that Kenny Camogie gave me the chance to, to look after this brilliant team Yeah and I think one thing that we talked about as well Brian is the tragedy that has gone on in Kilkenny and sport really can help in those times and, and you spoke about that as well how you were really all there for each other throughout that yeah, look, last year was really, really strange, I suppose. Um, on the field, things weren't going great. And off the field, we'd, we'd tragedies. You know, obviously, Tommy's brother, Paul, passed away suddenly. Um, my own uncle passed away in, in a house fire just before that as well. And a couple of girls lost their, their grandparents. It all just seemed to happen in the space of six weeks. Um, but look, we really, I know we did the two dial sisters were after doing a cruise shit in that time as well. So it just seems to be everything was going wrong. But um, we just, you know, the girls said fighting and we really backed each other and we just galvanised around each other and, we drove it on. I suppose it made it really special last year when we won the All Ireland. Um, you know, all them people were in our thoughts when we won, and you know, it wasn't easy during the year, but um, definitely Camogie definitely helped us through those tough times. Um, a lot has been made this year, Brian, about the the LGFA and Camogie Association and, and the protests and calls for a player charter and, and I, I guess equality with with the male players and and we've seen the protests before before matches in both the Camogie and the ladies football. Has this been an issue that's kind of permeated into into your dressing room across the year? Because it's it's clearly an issue that needs addressing. Yeah, look, I suppose it's not really a huge issue from Kilkenny side of view. You know, I must say we're extremely well looked after in Kilkenny. Um, you know, the, our county board is super, led by Theresa Edwards. You know, everything the girls get, or everything we look for, we, we get it within reason. Um, you know, we we have um, strength and conditioning coaches there, um, by some Bravo Fitness. You know, the girls have access to. The three gyms, Springhead Court Hotel, TJ Reid came on board this year as well, offering offering his services to the gym and Bravo Fitness Gym as well. And um, we've dietitians, we've physiotherapists. You know, we get food after every training. Um, you know, food before and after matches. So we're extremely well looked after. So the big thing for me is the the mileage expenses. You know, we'd have a lot of people seven or eight girls there during the year traveling down from Dublin, and you know, I think they get about eight hundred euro at the end of the year, and that's it. Um, our county board do try and help out, but the money just isn't there for that. So. That's a big thing um, that you know probably has to change. That the mileage expenses, where the money's going to come from, I don't know. Um, you know, Matthew Toomey said it. I think to yourself, Ashton, there after the match on Sunday, that um, you know it's about uh, supporters coming into the matches. Um, I've said that for for a while as well. I 100% agree. You know, how many people are at the match on Sunday, especially females, and we actually went into the Camogie match on Kilkenny. You know, there's no point 
um, having to go on social media at this, you know, people have to go to matches. That's where the revenue will start. And, you know, if people go to matches, there'll be more revenue there to, to just, you know, to give to the girls, I suppose, for expenses. So that's something that we would love to see change in that, you know, we, we play a championship match there in other semi final, you might have two or three thousand at it. That's it, you know. So I really think we need to try work on getting more people into camogie matches. It's about respect for the players, isn't it, too, Brian? Like you talk about the mileage expenses there. The dual player also, like it's a dying art form, the dual player, but it still exists. And, and clearly, even Alexa Kelly Comfort on your own panel, like she, I think she's spoken before about you know how it's almost impossible now to be a dual player because even at club level, she, I remember her talking about playing a maybe a club quarterfinal in Hurling or Camogie at say 11am and then a football match at, at 5pm the same day. It's just impossible. Like These players aren't respected. Yeah, no, look, um, so we don't have to deal with dual stars too much in Kilkenny. Uh, <laughs> well, luckily yeah. enough, it's, it's one of the issues not on, on top of my list. But look, I see what's happening in Cork there. And it's disappointing to see, you know, your players who are putting in such a huge effort, you know, likes of Hannah Looney and Arla Catalan, Libby Coppinger, you know, super players, her, uh, camogie players and Libby footballers. And they have to choose which match to go to. You know, I, I don't know how you'd manage that. It'd be really, really difficult Um you know, and look, I suppose it's something that that has to has to change. Um, look, whether this uh, merger is going to happen or the sorry, the, the, the associations are going to come together, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll happen um, sooner rather than later. And Brian, what are you going to do now with all your free time? <laughs> uh, I'm under sevens. My two boys are under sevens there at Dane's Ford, so that's going to take my, my focus now for the next couple of weeks. Um, no, look, I don't know. Um, my time is finished in Camogie anyway for now. Um, I'm definitely looking to get back into the, the hurling side of things. Um, you know, I think I've managed the, the best team I can, any Camogie team, so I don't see myself going anywhere else in Camogie, uh, in the Camogie world. So, look, definitely looking back to get back into hurling if anything comes up. Um, I suppose I have to decide whether I'd like to get into management or or back into the coaching. You know, I love the hands-on approach of the of the coaching sessions. You know, and hand, um, getting involved in coaching. So look, I'll see what what comes around. I'm not going to make any hasty decisions. Um, there's nothing there. There's nothing there, and I'll, I'll stick with the under sevens maybe for another year. If <laughs> well, if you're anything like Tommy Welsh, he was saying to me the last day that his under 11s, he is so nervous, and he is. He means it. Like I've seen him during games <laughs> that he's on the phone checking in on scores. You know, it means a lot to him. Yeah, looking great friends with Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's absolutely mad. Uh, he's, he's he's driving on to their own underage there. Um, you know the lads absolutely love him out there. He, he he's unreal. So um, yeah, we'll have to try get a challenge match against Tommy there, and we'll come up on, on the line. Yeah, he, he's he's nuts on the sideline there as well with them young guys, but he's, he's absolutely brilliant and what a, a great role model for young lads in Tullerone to be looking up to than than Tommy Welsh. Was he always like that? Yeah, always like that. Yeah, he's just. Uh, he just he's cracked, um, you know. But just obviously one of the best hurlers of all time. As a you know, would have grown up with him, went to school and stuff like that. But um, you know, like if you marked him in training there in St Kieran's College, and he'd you know you might just have a chat, you say something to him. He's look, I'll talk to you after training, not talking to you now, and then he'd absolutely <laughs> take the head off you in, in a training match. You know, then best friends with you after. He was just um, if it was a training match or an All Ireland final, Tommy treated the exact same way. He just wanted to win it, and that was it. And that's what made him as good as he was. There's only certain players or people that can do that. They can get away with that. Yeah. That can be like that on a pitch, and then straight after the whistle goes, be your best mate again. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. I remember we played him in um, in a Fitzgibbon League final. I was in WIT, and he was in UCC, and we were talking that morning about you know staying down for a few pints afterwards, or whatever. And I remember I came on as a sub. 
same day Henry Shefflin said Hank to Alpine we're on our team with a brilliant team and uh, come on Tommy and I just said no kind of half smirked at him just 65 or something Henry was standing over and he kind of looked at me and was like I'll talk to you after the match don't be talking to me now <laughs> so I was absolutely I was so thick with him then I actually got two points off him scored a winning point off him so one of my claim to fame score a point off of Tommy Yes Brian <laughs> Not a bad achievement Not a bad achievement uh, Listen Brian thanks a million and congrats on all the achievements you've had with the Kenny Camogie team over the last uh, five or so years and listen best of luck with the, with the underage the under sevens next few weeks right. <laughs> thanks for having me lads OTB AM The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball